Universe of Sound Mind Part 3. BJ's been talking over the last two weeks, if you haven't been here, about how the enemy works through fear, but God works through faith. And so we're talking about in 2 Timothy where it says we have a spirit of peace, love, and a sound mind. So when I was thinking about it, talking about it with them, I realized like, man, I've kind of been in this season in my own life over the past a little over a year, really. I had some major, um, I'll call it attacks, over the past year with fear, um, with dealing with overcoming that. And now I get to share today about how the Lord has shown me and given me some revelation on how to overcome these things. And I always like to say, as BJ says every week, we're not, I'm not perfect at it. I actually just happened this morning. I responded in fear about something, and I'll talk about it later, but we're, we're on a journey together. And I think that's so exciting to say, like, you know, if you ever hear us up here and say, well, we figured it out. We have figured out this Christian walk, and so listen, that's not what we're going to say. We're on a journey together, and we just get to show you what the Lord is doing in our lives. So if you'll turn with me to Psalm 1, I'm going to read Psalm 1, 1 to 3. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Probably everyone knows this verse. It's one of my favorites, but the Lord's been highlighting to me over the past year of my life. All the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Man, I practice saying never wither ten times because that is very hard to say. Say it when you get home. Um, But I want to read that last part again. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Man, I want to prosper in all I do. I want to be like a tree planted by streams of waters. And the past few weeks, I've been thinking about, when I was preparing for my message, I've been thinking about fear and how fear works. And I was looking at my own life and thinking, man, I don't think I've ever had a time where actually fear just comes as this huge thing that plops in my life. Fear starts as a moment, right? It starts as a moment. And, you know, the enemy, he can't create anything. Under any circumstance, he can't create anything. So if we see him working, he's only trying to recreate what God has already done. And he knows the word, which is unfortunate, but he does. And we know that because the only time Jesus was ever tempted in the Bible is when the enemy used the word and tried to use the word against him, his own word against him. So if he did that with, I don't know, the God of the universe, we can expect that he's going to try to use the word against us. So I believe when we look at this verse, which talks about meditating on the word day and night and then we're like a tree planted. The Lord wants us to plant the word in our hearts, but the enemy is trying to plant fear in our hearts to uproot that tree. And so if we don't have a plant, if we don't have the verse, I'm sorry, the word rooted, then when that fear comes along, it literally chokes out and uproots what the Lord is trying to do. So when we look at how the enemy works in that way, I feel like he starts throwing a seed at us. And I was thinking about that. That kind of even happened this morning with me. So I, um, I'm a new mom. I'm going to talk about that a lot today. If you haven't seen her yet, she's the cutest baby I've ever seen in my life. And of course, I think that she's also kind of the church baby. So she's been passed around um, to everyone here. So I'm sure you know her. But um, I saw her, the, her little lip this morning and it had a little bump on it. And you know what my first thought was? 
and this is me responding in fear. She has a cold sore. And when I was pregnant, I had two people tell me, babies die of cold sores. I don't know why, I've never heard that in my life. That was crazy, I had two people tell me that. So then all of a sudden this morning, my first thought is, she has a cold sore. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm preaching on that this morning, I literally can't think that way. So I uprooted that seed and I feel like that's what the enemy's doing, he's throwing that seed at us. It's not a huge moment, I don't want it to get to a huge moment. I don't want like her in the hospital over a cold sore. <laughs> I wanna uproot that moment when it gets thrown at me. And you know, I think that happens a lot, it's like, I don't know, somebody's getting laid off at your job. And so the enemy says, you're next, you're next. And then you go home and you start meditating on it. You think, how would I, if I got laid off, how would I take care of my family? You know, if I lose my job, how would I take care of my family? If I'm the one next and then you go to work and it's like your whole body clenches up when you walk in wondering if you're the next one that's going to be laid off. Or I don't know, I, I see it happen a lot and a lot of people say it. It's like when this horrible thing happens in someone's life, almost every time we'll say, well, I can't imagine. And then we start imagining it. <laughs> and we go home and we're thinking about it, we're meditating on it, putting ourselves in that situation, what if this thing happens? Instead of just knowing what the word says, I mean, what if you did get laid off? I've got laid off. I got laid off last two years ago during COVID. And honestly, I thought the same thing. My first response was, how are we gonna pay our bills? We will surely be homeless. Like I freaked out, I called, I literally called Lisa hysterical. Like I was freaking out. And you know what, the Lord provides, that's my promise. That's everybody's promise in here. And that, the goal here, and that's what I'm gonna be talking about today, the goal is, and honestly, when I say this changed my life, it changed my life. But BJ told me a few years ago, Pastor Dean says, your first response is what's in your heart. I want my first response when I got laid off to be like, well, the Lord provides for me, I don't care. You know, there's gonna be another job or another situation or whatever that looks like, or when, she has a cold sore. Even if she did have a cold sore, whatever. She's healed by the stripes of Jesus. She's covered in the blood, and that's what I did. And I just looked at her little lip, and it's gone because I prayed over her this morning, and I said, Jolie, by the stripes of Jesus, you're healed. I, as your parent, have authority over whatever's going on in your body. So I um, wanted to, I, yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about, I'm um, four months into this postpartum you know, new mom journey. And when Will and I got pregnant with Jolie, we were like not those people that waited to tell anybody. We literally told people immediately. Like we were calling all of our friends and our family. We were so excited. We had like um, an event basically for every person we told. We wanted it to be, you know, we taped everybody and whatever. So I remember um, talking to someone, it was a friend of mine and she was so excited for us. She actually started crying and, um, you know, one of the things she told me, and very well-meaning, but she said, one thing you need to watch out for is your blood pressure. Like, during pregnancy, preeclampsia can be, which is, I've never heard before, it's basically just high blood pressure in pregnancy. It's your body communicating to you, I want this baby out. Um, and it can just be really dangerous. So she was like, here, take this blood pressure cuff and make sure to keep a, you know, track with your blood pressure. You do not want to get this out of control. And I was so scared <laughs> when she told me that. I let that fear in this moment, it's like the enemy threw this little seed of fear at me and said, here, you know, this happened to someone else. So, you know, let me throw this seed at you. I, did, I let it take root. It wasn't anybody telling me anything. It wasn't my friend that told me that, that I'm blaming her or whatever. But then I look back over my pregnancy 
And every time I had a headache, every time something came up, I took that little cuff and I would check my blood pressure and I let it create this ongoing fear in my life. And so fast forward to when I was 39 weeks pregnant, which as you know, um, full term is 40 weeks, so I was feeling good. I'd had a very healthy pregnancy. So 39 weeks, I went to my midwife. She's like, Brittany, your blood pressure is really high. I'm like, no way, it's not high. <laughs> and so she checked it again, still high. And we left the appointment, went to, um, we actually had just like a wellness visit with our doctor after that. And I got there, I was like, check my blood pressure, something is wrong. I'm like freaking out. And so I, anyways, long story short, but I was diagnosed with preeclampsia. I'm not saying, you know, hear me when I say this, I don't believe that my thinking about it caused me to get preeclampsia, I don't really believe that. But as BJ says almost every week, fear causes an inroad for the enemy into our lives. And so I had 39 weeks of kind of like, in the back of my head wondering, oh, I get this thing, will I get preeclampsia? And you know, it turned out, I still feel like, you know, again, I have promises, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus, had a wonderful birth, her and I were very healthy, but it was just something that happened, it was a root, it was one moment that I let go by and I didn't uproot it. So for one moment, someone made one comment to me, and so for nine months, I thought about it. That's crazy. I want, in my life, my goal is that someone would say that and be like, well, I'm never going to get that because the word says I'm healed. That's what I want. I want my first response to be, well, when fear hits me, there's a tree of the word there. So I don't want the seed of fear to uproot or, um, what's that word I'm looking for? Like, whatever kills trees. <laughs> I don't want that fear to kill that tree in my life of the word. And, you know, about, um, let's see, a little over a year ago, I was probably dealing with some of the worst fear I've ever dealt with in my life. And I'm not really like an anxious person or a fearful person. So this was something that was I would consider really an attack in my life. But man, now that I'm on the other side of it, I'm really realizing like God teaches you so much when you go through things. And I think that I do not believe whatsoever that God puts us through those things to teach us. <laughs> I think people think that, but that is not true. It's actually the other way around. The enemy does something, and God says, well, watch me. I'm going to make it really, really good. And so I, saw, I literally watched the enemy create this whole fear thing in my life, but God has literally changed my life because of it. But So we um, got pregnant with Jolie in... March of that, so it's been a year, but before that we had a miscarriage, and it was just something we weren't believing for. It was does not line up with what I believe the Lord to. Um, I just yeah, I just don't believe that any it is the Lord's will for anybody to actually. In Exodus twenty three, God spoke His will when He said to the Israelites, "None will be barren or miscarry in your land." And that was actually him, which we're even under a better covenant than the Israelites were. So when he said none will be barren or miscarried, you know, I, I kind of, I wasn't going to talk a lot about this, but I'm going to say it. It's free. That's a free part of my message. Um, but, you know, I think so many people get this idea in their heads that God's in heaven picking and choosing who's getting babies. But I just want to say and encourage you that, like, if you want a baby, God wants you to have a baby. <laughs> if you're in this room and think that. He doesn't want you to be barren, and he does not want you to miscarry. It's not his will. So, um, anyways, we got pregnant with Jolie really quickly after that. And, man, I was riddled with fear. <laughs> I mean, I would wake up in the morning just like 
so afraid it was going to happen again. I cannot even explain it. I just, it was the first time in my life I think I've ever dealt with that level of like fear. And I would just, this is almost embarrassing to say, but I even kind of thought to myself, like I would wake up really sick. So I'm like really sick because I'm pregnant and also afraid and couldn't even function because I was so afraid. But I would think, well, I'm a little okay and content with being sick because a sick pregnancy is a healthy pregnancy. <laughs> That's what everyone will tell you. And honestly, I was believing for no sickness in my pregnancy, no pain in my pregnancy, no pain in my childbirth because that's all under the curse, and I'm redeemed from the curse of the law, so I'm believing for all this stuff, and so I'm sick. And I just remember it was, I don't know, I let it go on for a week or two, just being that afraid, and I remember when I was thinking about this yesterday, saying this, I was gonna like brag about myself that I just pulled myself out of it, and then I remembered I did not, that Will came home and pulled me out of it. So, <laughs> um, I have a good spouse, but he came home and he was just like, Brittany, this is enough. Like, we're not doing this anymore. And I, I'm not going to be afraid. You're not going to be afraid. we got to get out of this. And so I started to really seek the Lord on what is it that's preventing me from getting um, free of this fear. And because I knew what the Word says. I thought I did, at least. I mean, you know, I have a peace, love, and a sound mind, right? Yes. So why am I in so much fear? And so I really started feeling like I'm going, like, I'm going after it. I'm going after figuring this out. And I realized that I didn't have the word planted in my heart. Like I knew what the word said as in like I've been a believer for you know, almost 30 years, I guess. I don't know. Do you get saved when you're born? Probably. I don't remember getting saved. I know I did when I was little, so I've been a believer for a long time. But I mean, so I knew the word, but I mean like I wanted to like really know it. <laughs> Like, instead of my first response being fear, my first response is faith. And so when fear works in that moment, I want faith to rise up inside of me and be like, no, because I probably for the rest of my life are these little moments going to happen. Are these little things that come at me and say, you know, she has a cold sore or whatever it is, but I want my first response to be like, no, no, she's not allowed to have things, or I'm not allowed to have, I'm not going to be sick, I'm not going to um, be poor, I'm not going to be whatever, because the Word says differently. That's right. So that's what I'm going to talk to you about today, is how I got to a different place of planning the Word in my life, rooting it down, and responding in faith instead of fear. So I, um, I wanted to read this verse one more time. So they delight in the wall of the Lord. They meditate on it day and night. So what does that look like, to meditate on the word day and night? I feel like we live in like, um, like a microwave world. <laughs> Everything, we want it fast. Like if someone says something, I want it now. We I mean, we literally, I, we were talking about this the other day with BJ and Lisa, but like, can you imagine 10 years ago saying that we'd have a little thing that we could hold in our face, like in front of our faces and have all the information in the world. We could hit a button and like see someone on the other side of the world. Like iPhones are crazy. Like it's, we have all the information so quickly. We get it now, now, now. We go through our fast food. We want it quick. And I kind of feel like people want to microwave Jesus. <laughs> they want to read it one time. They want to say, well, I actually had someone say this to me recently. They were dealing with um, anxiety and they said to me, well, I had the Bible app reading to me, and it wasn't working, so now I'm at my therapist. 
I am, have nothing wrong with going to a therapist whatsoever, but it's almost like people go into this mode of like, well, it's not working. It's not working. I read it and it doesn't work, so I'm moving on. And we can't put this, the word into a microwave and hit a button and say, well, I hope it works. It doesn't do like that in anything else in our life. I mean, we don't go to the gym. You don't eat a salad one time and lose 50 pounds, so why do you want to put the word one time and say, well, it didn't work? You know, so I'm like, I'm realizing now at this point in my life that I don't get to just pull, well, it's been years since I've done this, but pull out the word and say, well, I want it to work now. I want it to work right now. And the word actually is available and works right now, but I believe the important part is that we're putting this inside of us before those things even happen. So when they do happen, we're, we're prepared for it. Because the word is rooted like a tree inside of us. It says right here, we meditate on it day and night, and then you're like a tree planted by a riverbank. And when you're a tree planted by a riverbank, what does it say? We bear fruit in every season. Their leaves do not wither. They prosper in all they do. I want to prosper in all I do. I want to be like a tree planted by the riverbank that isn't uprooted. And how do I do that? By the word. You know, I think about this a lot. I'm married to a worship leader, you know, like I love worship. I love what we do here every week. I love praying, I love worship, but man, nothing replaces the word. Nothing replaces the word. And I'm, I don't say this in a condemning way, but like if you're not reading the word for yourself, don't trust us every up here every week, like go home, read the word, study, meditate on it. You know, I go on walks every day with my baby and, um, I just pray in the spirit the whole time. I'll, I'll read the word before I go, and then I just pray in the spirit the whole time. And I'm like, Lord, if I'm not understanding this, would you reveal that to me? And if you don't pray in the spirit, I mean, you should definitely get filled with the Holy Ghost. It's awesome. But, like, <laughs> but just pray and ask the Lord, meditate on it, think about it. Because I want it to be second nature to me. When, when something comes up in my life, when I'm having a headache, I don't want to go to WebMD and go down this rabbit hole of like, Oh God, do I have you know? Do I have something going on with me? Like, what's actually wrong? Like, is it just a headache? Or I don't know. First of all, drink some water. I always tell people that. Like, physically take care of your body, but also, I don't want my mind to just race off into this place. I want to say, well, First Peter two twenty four says, "By His stripes I am healed." And so I, um, I've been studying the Word, and hear me when I say this, but. We, we as a church and as a body believe in declaring the word. And I believe that with the bottom of my heart. But what the Lord showed me in this season is declaration without the backing of the word means nothing. And so here I am like so scared <laughs> being pregnant, you know, I was like six or seven weeks pregnant with her, just, just so riddled with fear. And I thought to myself, well, I'm declaring it. And I've actually, I can't be the only one because I've had other people say this to me as they're like, well, I declared it. It didn't work. And it's almost like, I'm going to use like an office reference. So if you're not an office fan, I'm sorry. But Michael Scott, who's like the main character in their office, they're telling, like he's about to go bankrupt. He's, he's just spent all of his money. And he comes out and they're like, you're going to have to declare bankruptcy. So he walks out of the um, office and he just screams, I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> 
And they're like, Michael, you can't just declare it. It doesn't work like that. Like, you actually have to file bankruptcy and do things. And that's what, like, that's what this is like. You can't just stand up and say, well, I declared it. I mean, I hope it works. Is it going to work? I declared that I'm healed, but I'm not. Why is my body not lining up? Well, the thing is, in these situations, God is not the variable in these situations. And that actually, I don't have a problem with taking responsibility for, for what's going on in my life. Like, I know some people kind of don't want to, they're like, well, I mean, if it's not me, God just doesn't want to heal me. I actually hear that so much. If God wants to heal me, he will heal me. And I'm telling you, I learned in this season, there's not if he wants to, does he want to, if he will, if it's his will, he'll heal me. He already did. 2,000 years ago, he took sin, sickness, anxiety, fear. He took all of it on the cross, and that was it. And I really began to... I really began to understand during the season of my life that the work of the cross is finished. There's a reason that when Jesus died, he said, it's finished. He said, it's finished. And when he said it was finished, he meant it was finished. And then he got to go to heaven and enjoy the work that he did. He already did it. And so I think we have this picture in our heads sometimes of that. And I, and I had this understanding for a very long time that if we pray enough, if we beg God enough, if we fast long enough, if we get 7,000 people in a stadium to pray about it, God might move. He moved 2,000 years ago. <laughs> And then he said it's finished. And that's very good news. That means that if something isn't working in my life, that I'm the variable, that I get to change. That doesn't mean we don't get to change God. You know, I, it's kind of funny. I, um, when I was in high school, I don't know why this sticks out to me. You know those stories that just like, you know, just stick out so far in your head, but I had someone who was just, I went, to a, I went to a private school, so everyone was believers, but it was, um, everyone kind of believed differently, and this guy was just fighting with me about what God can and can't do, and I just, he was like, can God sin? If he can do anything, can he sin? If God can do anything, can you make a rock big enough so that he can't throw it? And I was like, first of all, I don't know, and I don't care, but now 10, 11 years later, I've realized, yeah, there is some things that God cannot do, which is change his word. When he establishes his word, he cannot change it. He won't change it. Because if he was going to change his word, then he would have to go and apologize to Jesus. And we all know that's not happening. So if he has to say to me, well, Brittany, I didn't want to heal you because it's not in my will. But Jesus, you died for that. So, ugh, sorry. That's not how this works. Jesus died so that we could be free. Jesus died so that we have to deal with sin. Jesus died so we didn't have to deal with sickness. So what's lacking here is not, there's not a lack of healing. There's not a lack of, I don't know, um, funds in heaven. I always get that one too. People are worried about where their money's coming from. God doesn't need any more money. He's got plenty of it. So I mean, if there's a lack problem, there's a knowledge problem. And I'm looking at that in my own life with all of this. I'm not standing up here and saying, well, I'm totally healed and I'm totally prosperous and I'm totally all these things. It's that I have to go back to what the Word says. So what does the Word say? You know, when I'm going through this season, I was reading, here, here are the verses I was standing on. And again, 
a few of these are centered around pregnancy, but it goes around anything. John 10.10, 10, he has come that you can have life and life more abundantly. So that means that if you're pregnant, wanting to be pregnant or whatever, that God wants you and your baby to have life and have it abundantly. He will not change his mind about that. He will not say, well, I didn't want you to have a baby today. That, no, absolutely not. I hate, I actually had people say that to me and I was like, oh, I hate it so much. Um, Well-meaning, of course. And then, of course, in Exodus 23, I was, I meditated on this over and over and over when he says, none will be barren or miscarry in your land. And I actually remember right after that happened with me, I, and I was studying this, I came back here and I just got a word and I was like, the Lord said to me, Brittany, what's your land? I'm like, this. <laughs> This church, Gastonia, that's my land. And so I came here and I was like, BJ, I feel like that's a word for our church. Like it's such a, it might not be relevant to every person in this room, but it is if we're brothers and sisters in Christ, because I know there's a lot of people probably in here who are struggling in that area or watching online. And I'm telling you, you don't have to go through that. Man, God wants you to be, uh, would it be fruitful and multiply if you want to. So, of course, 2 Timothy 1.7, I have peace, love, and a sound mind. 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes, I am healed. And I'm actually a little proud of this, but, like, half of our youth group knows that by heart. (laughs) I have, like, realized that we have pounded that in their heads so often. They'll be like, well, I do know, I don't know that verse, but I do know 1 Peter 2.24. I'm like, oh, if you're going to know any of them, I'm glad it's that one. Um... 1 John 4, 18, perfect love cast out fear. This is what I was doing. And again, going back to the declaration thing, I was still declaring because that's how I was meditating. That was a part of how I meditated on the word is by declaring it over and over and over. What I'm saying about declaration, and I hope I'm like explaining this well enough, but declaration is so, so, so important if you know the truth. The important part here is the truth. The declaration gets us there, but the, tr- the declaration without the truth isn't anything. So here's what I was doing. I would take these verses, 1 John 4, 18, perfect love casts out fear. And I would say, well, you know what? I would make it real to me. And that's how it became, that's how I meditated on it over and over is I would make it real. And I would say, okay, what is perfect love? Jesus, period. Well, he lives inside of me. So perfect love, if you cast out fear, then fear and torment, you must go for me in the name of Jesus. I would wake up every morning and then do it a hundred times a day until it made sense to me. I would say that over and over and over. Perfect love resides inside of every person in this room if you're a believer. That is good news. That means that fear and torment, what we've been talking about for, well, we haven't been talking about torment, but fear, I felt tormented by the actual thought that I might lose another baby, I felt tormented by that. And so I would say, fear and torment, you have to go from me. You don't get to live in this house. And I would say that over and over and over. So I, um, you know, I'm so thankful for like being at this church. And now that I have a mic, I get to like brag on BJ and Lisa a little bit. But I really like, I had a lot of misunderstanding of like what I believed until I started, you know, started here. If you're at this church, man, this is good truth here. Like, I love being here because it is good, good truth. And it's simple. The gospel is meant to be simple, right? I think people overcomplicate the word. I do sometimes. But honestly, that's why I pray in the Spirit. If I don't understand what the word is saying, I go and pray in the Spirit. 
Holy Spirit, would you reveal this to me? Reveal yourself through your word. And then it's like, man, that makes sense to me now. But I had, again, I had this understanding of like, like honestly, when I was walking through this season of, you know, we, we lost a baby and everything, I remember we had some like signs that maybe that might happen right before it did. And man, I was begging God. I mean, I literally begged God to save my baby. And I have done this so much in my life, and we're not orphans as believers. Orphans beg. We're not orphans. When we are bought into the kingdom, we're sons and daughters, and we never have to beg again. You know, I've only been a parent for four months, but I already know that, like, whatever she wants, I'll give it to her, within reason, probably. <laughs> I'm not going to give her everything, but, you know, I, she's not going to have to beg me. She doesn't have to beg me now if she cries. I go and pick her up. I'm not, I'm not letting her cry. I can't stand it. And so, like, if we're sons and daughters of a holy God, why would we have to beg him over and over and over? And then maybe he would heal me. Maybe he would move in my situation. Maybe things would change if I begged him long enough. And I know some people, maybe you're not saying it as begging God. You're like, well, I'll pray about it. Maybe it's his will. Maybe it's not. I'm telling you, if it's in the word, it's his will for you. And so we get to pick out verses. And I know this sounds silly, but if you don't know, like, a verse to meditate on just google it i don't know verses about anxiety verses about you know fear verses about i mean overcoming poverty in my life there's something in the word for it every question that we've ever had has been answered through the word of god and that that encourages me so much to know that i literally never have to wonder what god wants for me I never have to wonder what his will is for my life. His will is perfect, and it's already been established. He literally says, I've come to give you life and life abundant. So if you're wondering if, you know, he just wants me in this dead-end job right now. No, I mean, maybe not. He just wants me to be sick. Definitely not. Definitely never know. God wants you well. <laughs> he wants you to live a good life, right? He doesn't want you sick. He doesn't. You know, I had someone say to me recently, well, if he, you know, wants to heal me, he does. Yes. It's not a question. He does. He does. Yes. And in fact, he already did. He already did. 2,000 years ago, it says, by his stripes we were healed. We're not maybe going to be. We're not in the future going to be. It doesn't even mean in heaven we're going to be, even though we are, is that he wants us to live a good, well life here. He wants us to be healed here, now. And I, um, I was thinking about, again, like what Pastor Dean said, that it being my first response. And for just so long, I'm telling you, I mean, like I said this morning, I was hit with it, you know? And so how do we get out of that stage? It's just over and over and over. What does it say? You meditate. You meditate on the Word. You don't just get to declare. You don't just get to scream it out there and be like, well, this is what the word. When I said Google it, I meant because that's like a good starting place, not just because like when you're going through it, that I'm going to Google this verse and declare it and then hope that something works. Like the word works. Yes. If there's anything I've learned in my life, it's that, that there is nothing in the word that's not going to work or it's not going to bear fruit in my life. It works. 
So if we're not seeing it work, again, God isn't the variable. The word is not the variable. I am. And I'm totally okay with taking that responsibility encourages me because I can change myself. I don't want to change God. <laughs> He's totally perfect. I don't want to think like, I mean, if I pray hard enough, he will change his mind about my situation. You know, I'm not really sure where we get that from. I've thought about it. I'm like, did someone ever teach me how they sought it? I don't know. I mean, Moses changed God's mind, I suppose, but if that's the case, I mean, we're under a better covenant now. So, I mean, if that's the only time we see someone change God's mind, and I don't know. I was talking to BJ about it this morning, and he kind of feels like it's more of like a friendship, that God had a friendship with Moses. But um, we won't get into that. But what I am saying, that the only time someone changed God's mind was under an old covenant. And in the new covenant, we get to experience fruitfulness. We get to experience healing. We get to experience um, life and life abundant because he died and because he said it's finished. And so if you're wondering today, does God want me to be in fear? Does God want me to, I don't know, have anxiety? Will he heal me of my anxiety? And that's another thing. <laughs> I know Jerry, I don't know if he's here, but this, he said this like a trigger for him. But I actually realized um, probably about a month or maybe a month and a half into like postpartum, I realized I had been saying a lot, well, that just messes with my anxiety. Like, I was saying it so often because, you know, like they tell you new moms, you're, what do they say about new moms? Postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, postpartum da 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 da, whatever. And so I like just thought it was kind of normal, even though I knew it wasn't. I don't know. Again, I'm on a journey, right? So <laughs> I'm like, I, re I recognize myself saying, my, it messes with my anxiety. And oh, I got so mad at myself that I let it go on for eight weeks. Because I was like, I don't have anxiety, and that's not mine if I do. Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus took that, so that's his. He took it on himself. He was by his stripes. He took anxiety. So here's a better way of saying it. If you are dealing with something, stop claiming it. You don't get to claim it as yours. It's not mine. If, I, if, if there is things that come up, I'll say, well, I had a minute of anxiety. You know, good news, anxiety, God died for that. I don't have to deal with it. Good news, cancer, Jesus died for that, so you're going, right? Good news to every person in this room who's dealing with any of those things is that Jesus already took it. He already took it, and it's not yours anymore. So I see this happen over and over in the Word, that the enemy takes what God has said, and he turns it into something that he wants to attack us with. And so when we look at this verse again, that he meditates on it day and night, this is like the biggest thing I wanted to encourage you with today, is that what does that look like practically speaking? It looks like pulling out your Bible and reading it. <laughs> I know it's simple, and that's what I'm saying. Like you're going to this church, good, we have the simple gospel here, we don't wanna overcomplicate it. But there are so many things is that I want to just continue. I want to think about it. You know, something that people, including myself, have said is like, well, I'm just not really good at, like, memorizing scripture. I forget. I'm like, well, you remember, like, I don't know, song lyrics from 10 years ago. I mean, right? 
I remember song lyrics from 10 years ago. So I'm like, this beat will come on. I'm like, oh, I know what that is. I remember me and my sister driving in the car. Like, that was fun. Well, I can't remember the word. That's crazy. I want the word to be so in my life that when something happens, I'm able to just be like, no, 1 Peter 2.24, I am healed. Jesus come to give me, like he abounded so that I can abound. That's good news. That's what I want my first response to be. I'm not going to get distracted by my baby on the first row, even though she's very cute. <laughs> so I guess um, I wanted to go ahead and invite the band up. And, you know, I've just been praying about, it's been like four weeks since I knew I was going to speak. And here's what I want to just leave you with a little bit today. Oh. Now I worry about my baby. Um, is that we overcome fear and anxiety by knowing the word. Yes. It's just that simple. I know it sounds like we should maybe like, I don't know, <clears throat> fast it out maybe or pray for 10 hours and then maybe we would be free of fear. I hear people say a lot, um, I wish God would give me, I don't know, patience. I wish God would give me peace in this season. I wish he would give me whatever that is. He's already given it to you. We see it in the word. And so when we see in the word where it says, I have peace, love, and a sound mind, until you know that, you're gonna, you might not get out of fear. And I don't mean to sound that harsh. I mean to sound that in love that we get to be the variable. We get to change us. I get to look at first um first Peter 2:24 and know I'm healed. I get to look at 2 Timothy and say, if I'm experiencing fear, I have peace. If I'm experiencing anxiety, I have a sound mind. If I'm experiencing, you know, lack, he says I lack for no thing. Again, he abounded so I can abound. Yes. It's that you have to know it. And when I say know it, I don't mean like, well, I read it and then I declared it. It's like, no, I want you to take that verse and meditate it on day and night. And I mean, we say this a lot, but like, if you don't think you have time, BJ says, how much TV are you watching? I got an embarrassing amount of like screen time this week. I got a, you get the little notifications on your phone that's like, your screen time went up 100% last week. And I was like, oh God, that's embarrassing. You know, I don't want that. If I don't know the word, but I know what Facebook's saying, that's embarrassing. Like I want my, I want to know the word more than I know what's going on in your life. And I love your life and I love everyone in here, but I should know the word more than that. And that's on me. That's not on anybody but me. I want to know, and you know, I, I want to know the word more than what the news is saying. I want to know the word more than I know, you know, what so-and-so's doing down the road, right? So if we can all just stand together. The answer to your problem is in the word. If you have a problem today, this works. It works. I've seen it work in my own life. I've seen it work hundreds and hundreds of times. And if you've come in here meditating on your problem, which we all do, 
I, I mean, I would be hard-pressed to think nobody, you know, I'm the only one that does it. But we meditate on it so much that we walk in here and that's what we're worried about. Man, if you just thank God a little bit, that'll get out of your life real quick. It's really, really difficult to thank God, to meditate on the word and your problem at the same time. So if you're having a problem, I just wanna tell you, man, sickness, disease, lack, fear, it was taken 2,000 years ago on the cross. And Jesus said it was finished and that is such good news. It is such good news.